Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the second half of season one of Husky Talk. All right. Hello, Larry. Hi. How are you? Good. Well, um, congratulations on your finish at the Iditarod this year. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so we have a few questions, and our first question is, why weren't you planning on doing the Iditarod this year? Um, that, you know, I don't have my own dog kennel. Um, I, I would love to do the Iditarod every single year until I die. Um, I just, I love the Iditarod, uh, but uh, I don't have my own my own kennel, and, and I also work full-time as an oncologist, and I'm a father of five kids, so every year that I do choose to do it, it's a... Uh, it's a major sacrifice in other areas of my life, and, and this year I've chosen to uh, create a little balance and, and not suck up. It's not just the Iditarod itself, but it's really, there's there's a whole year of, of training involved, getting the team ready for the Iditarod and preparation, and, and uh, just couldn't put my family and my job through it uh, a third year in a row, so was going to take the year off. Um, but things kind of ended up being ideal <laughs> in some ways in the end, um, when Jason, uh, approached me with the offer to run his team, um, I, I jumped into a, a good situation with a, with a well-trained team of dogs and drop bags that were already ready. And so it wasn't as big of a sacrifice, uh, at least for my family and my, and my job to jump into that situation. But that was kind of the reason why. Could you tell us like a little bit about what happened to Jason, whose dogs you ran? Sure. Yeah, I can tell you what he's released publicly. Um, you know, he was running the Yukon Quest, the other big thousand-mile dog dog sled mm-hmm. race up here, and um, he was uh, headed up Rosebud, which is which is allegedly the steepest. Um, the steepest little bit of mushing involved in any race uh, in the world. It's a very steep mountain that you have to go up. And um, he was he was headed up that, and, and Hugh Neff, another musher, was was headed up alongside him, and and somehow got separated from his team. And so Jason, uh, as as Hugh Neff's team was kind of turned turned around and headed the wrong way back down the mountain, and he was off of his sled. Jason was trying to help capture, capture the, or grab the team. And so kind of reached out reflexively to grab the speeding team as it went by. And in that process fell and, and hit his head on, on some hard snow, even ice. And, uh, so it was knocked unconscious. So long story short, he had a, a severe concussion, uh, on the Yukon quest. And unfortunately it just wasn't safe to participate in the Iditarod. So how were you able to manage to prepare for the Iditarod in one week? <laughs> so that's a loaded question that's a good one though um you know luckily it's a dog race it's not a human race um and the dogs really are the ones that need to be uh well trained for the race they're doing all the all the hard work um uh, in an ideal world obviously the musher would would spend a lot of time with those dogs and you'd have a bond already established and that certainly makes makes your race a lot easier um uh i, I but in terms of my own physical shape um, I'm, a, I'm a pretty active guy i'm i'm a i'm always outside climbing and hiking and uh exercising and so i was i was in good physical shape uh, but the truth of the matter is there's there's some ushers out there that aren't in the best shape in the world to be honest with you it's, it's mostly a mostly a dog race and so uh they were they were definitely ready we heard that you ran into some bad weather. What happened, and could you tell us like about it? 
boy, I could tell you lots of stories about the weather this year. Um, it just seems like almost every day there was a big storm. Um, the, the, the two biggest, well, boy, man, I, early on in the race, I, I was, I was doing actually really well, uh, almost to the halfway point. I was in third place and hit the biggest storm that I have ever been in, in my life. And I've, I've been in plenty of bad weather, um, both in my mountain climbing and mushing career. And, um, that really kind of derailed, uh, my plans. A lot of the mushers were, were taking their 24 at that point, either into Katna or McGrath. So there were only a few of us out ahead, um, kind of, uh, that got stuck in that storm. Um, and, uh, it took me so long to, to, to get through that section of trail that by the time I, I, uh, was kind of up and moving again, the, uh, mushers who were doing their 24s were catching, <laughs> catching up to me and I hadn't done my 24, uh, hour rest. So, uh, but yeah, uh, the weather was a huge factor for everybody this year. Um, I got stuck out on the sea ice between Shack Tulik and Koyuk, which is kind of the, one of the places definitely on the trail you don't want to be, you don't want to be stopped and stuck, um, uh, there was a, there were a lot of issues in the blowhole. Um, I was running with with Jim Lanier towards the end, kind of trying to help him out because he was not not feeling well. Um, he and I got separated out uh, in the Gullivan blowhole. Um, Jim actually had to end up being being rescued because he was out on the sea ice. And uh, yeah, I mean there was there were a lot of weather events this year. It really really played heavily into the race. Are you proud of where you placed? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm proud that I finished. <laughs> yeah. this, this year, uh, I had I had a couple of moments where I really felt like I probably was not going to finish, um, especially when I was stuck out on that sea ice. Um, so yeah, I, I had aspirations of finishing in the top twenty, but um, it's interesting how your goals change as the as the race goes on and. And I was, I was just thrilled to make it to the finish line, to be honest with you. So what were, like, the conditions other than bad weather on the trail this year? Yeah, so it was, um, it was a very slow trail compared to my prior two Iditarods. Um, even, even starting out, you know, we were, uh, we were just never really on a hard-packed, fast trail. There was always at least a few inches of fresh snow, it seemed like, and, and as the race went on uh a few inches turned into many more inches sometimes so uh you know route finding sometimes was difficult um it was it was hard on the dogs uh you know to uh, it, it seemed like every night there would be a storm and then in the daytime it would be clear blue skies with with warm temperatures and so you'd have all this fresh snow uh, for the dogs to be pulling in in hot temperatures and it just made it really challenging so um it, it was a setup for for shoulder injuries when you have deep snow like that um i had a couple of dogs that had had shoulder injuries so i had to had to drop them at, at some of the checkpoints so um definitely a different trail than i've seen in the past couple of years so how did doing the idea out affect your job uh, well, just me being absent from my job, you know, I treat cancer patients, uh, and they kind of like their doctor to be around when they're getting their treatment. <laughs> so, um, it's a lot to ask uh, my patients for me to be gone from the clinic and, and my coworkers who have to cover for me. Uh, so that's kind of the direct impact. What do your patients and coworkers 
think of you doing the Iditarod? You know, I'm, I'm blessed. They're, they're enormously supportive. Um, I, I carry prayer flags on my, on my sled, uh, as a gesture to my patients to let them know that they're out there with me and, and heavy on my heart because they are as I'm, as I'm out there away from them. And, uh, my coworkers are also just extremely supportive. That's, that's one of the nice things about living in Alaska is everybody lives up here for, for a reason. And, and most people have some crazy hobbies or things that they enjoy doing outside. And so there's a real understanding, um, when it comes to things like this. So I'm, I'm fortunate in that way. Was I did had an overall good experience for you this year? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, Diderot's always a great experience. It's, it's an opportunity to test yourself and, and, uh, you know, an opportunity that's so unique to be out in these untouched places. For me, it was, it was probably my favorite race, um, because, of being able to do the Southern route, I hadn't done that before. And, it was so neat to go through the old ghost town of Iditarod and, and some of these more remote areas, you know, the whole, whether you're on the Northern route or the Southern route or the Fairbanks route, I mean, they're all remote areas, but on the Southern route, you're truly in some untouched wilderness that, that is not otherwise traveled, uh, other than, than the Iditarod race. Um, and so that was a, that was a really neat experience. Hey Larry, the ne- this next segment of the show is called lightning round. Did you do the lightning round before? I think I did, yeah. So just quick answers, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So we're going to ask you some quick questions in, about you that you need to answer as quick as you can. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Biking or running? Running. Gray's Anatomy or Chicago Med? I don't watch either one. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Nike or Under Armour? Under Armour. Kilimanjaro or Everest? Everest. Text message or call? Call. Fire or ice? Fire or ice? Yeah. Oh, ice for sure. Okay. So the last part of our show is the 2018 Musher Mount Rushmore. For this, for the second <laughs> half, of, half of our season, we are creating a 2018 Mount, Mount Rushmore. If you, were, if you were asked to replace the four presidents' faces on Mount Rushmore to the faces that made a huge impact on the Iditarod this year, who would you choose? You can choose mushers, volunteers, dogs, really anything. Wow, what a cool question. <laughs> uh, boy, uh, you know, you'd have to put your up there, the champion. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. he deserves a spot up there. Um, I think another face that would uh, deserve being put up there is Scott Jansen, who won the Sportsmanship Award uh, mm-hmm. for rescuing Jim Lanier uh, out on the sea ice. So uh, I think he he deserves a a spot up there. Um, You know, I would probably put um, Zach Steer up there, who is uh, who was the trail. He's he's the trail boss for the Iditarod, so not a musher, but he was in charge of of the trail breaking crew who had a very difficult job this year. Probably the most challenging that they've had in many years, uh, keeping that trail groomed and marked and um there were some challenges for sure but those guys did a great job and boy number four for uh you're looking for four right yeah Yeah. Mm, my goodness um who would i put up there gosh 
guys are really putting me on the spot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, boy. Um, you can only, if you want to just do three, that's fine, too. Okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's I have okay. more time to think. I can come up with another one, but those three for sure come to mind. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and talking with us today. You're welcome. Special thanks to Larry Doherty for being on the show this week, and credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the I Did a Rod Trail song.